Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Welcome to Vicarious Living. Welcome back to the podcast. OG VL boys are back. After a little movie hiatus, Wind and Pipes back to the OC, season three, episodes 10 and 11 tonight. Real quick, though, housekeeping for those kids. Contact information vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com and Vicarious Living Podcast on Instagram. Go there for all of our swag situations. New t shirts, fire, fire, swag just in time for the holidays and last bit of business to get everyone caught up where we left off previously on the OC as we transition into Pat calling in previously on the OC I got you an appointment with the best sports medicine doctor in all of Orange County my dad really loves me so he's gonna really like you I have to tell you something I just want you to know the truth I think I'm in love with you so Summer Roberts you saved Chris McCaw Chris McCaw well, that must be a lot of fun for you. Yeah, well, you know, we have fun with it. Yo, 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 yo. So 10 and 11, we both watched the correct ones, yes. right? <laughs> we both watched the correct ones, yes. We have, we have run into issues with that in the past. You and I, I'm trying to remember back. Yeah, we we fucked up on um, it, it was on Smallville, which was the worst one because it's the only show that we did all 10 seasons over the course of five podcasts. So if you fucked up one of those episodes, it was like crippling. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so like if, if, if you if all right, you here we go. Watch- We're going to go ahead and summarize 30 percent of the entire series. One of us doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, because I think it was like, why'd you have me watch this episode where Clark it's just a, a nothing Clark episode? Yeah, so swing and a miss, but we both watched the correct ones on this one. So episodes 10 and 11, season three, first and foremost, final pod of 2020. I mean, wrapping up a really garbage year. Yeah, I can't wait till 2021 where things are just officially better. And uh, I hesitate to say, but perfect. Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, I don't think there's any possible way for it to get any worse. So that's a real silver lining of like 2021 has to be better just by default. No, no, that's no, no. positive. But another perfect th- and we totally just stumbled into this on accident. But I know exactly what you're going to say. Go ahead. Chris McCuff. Exactly. Fortuitous. Because <laughs> this 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 is pod drop is going to flow onto the airwaves the exact week of christmas 2020 dude this is how much respect i have for you actually um like when i started watching that episode the first thought that popped in my mind was like oh perfect bd nice timing i can't believe you teed that up exactly like my mind went straight to this isn't a coincidence but this is part of bd's like perfectly orchestrated just no i love that yeah. yeah, no, that's a good feeling to me because 
I, I would never give, I would, I didn't. I mean, just flat right. out. No, that, complete after accident. About five seconds of giving you all the credit in the world, I realized that it was just a coincidence. Yeah, I total. I mean, I barely ever back my way into coincidences like that, like working out for me. I'm, I'm usually on the losing end of a coincidence. So to, to back my way into like a cool one like that, it felt, it felt good. So I, I appreciate that. Um, all right. I just want to start off because it, it came out of the game. I mean, you, so you've had a little, little break from the OC. Now I've even had a little break from the OC did three straight movies on the pod. And it, it's yeah. like the very first scene. They hit it back over your head with Marissa sucking ass. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A Christmas. Tree. Now, everybody is pretty caught up to speed though. I think the last one you did was with you and Anna from HR. Was the last. Mm-hmm. Episode. We're very much in the swing of Johnny stuff. Yeah. Um, it took me. Yeah, it took me kind of a second to remember where we were, but just Johnny and Marissa drama has been most of the season. Right. Hey, but that, yeah. Hey, that's you. Hey, that's you looking out for everything. <laughs> <laughs> that was but, carefully orchestrated. So I'm just like Johnny's at the point where I, I don't know how much longer I can take it. Like, I, I, I remember when I was watching this, that th- this is the episode. This is the moment where I, I really start to feel like I kind of want him to kill this guy off. Yeah. Uh... Uh, the reason why is, is this clip right here with them buying a Christmas tree. Oh, you think Johnny would like that tree? Johnny. Johnny who? Johnny Harper, Johnny? Johnny, you're the one. Let's take time off. Just be friends because I'm in love with you, Johnny. It's just I feel bad. I mean, it's the holidays, and he's all alone, laid up with his knee. I don't know, Cooper Scooper. That's a bad nickname. And besides, I already talked about it with Ryan, and he's cool with everything. It's just a tree. It, it's just, it's <laughs> at the point. <laughs> it's nonstop. <laughs> it's at the point where... I, I, it's just like, all right, if you're buying a Christmas tree with your boyfriend and your other two best friends and your immediate thought is, are we going to get a, a, a Christmas tree for my new public school best friend? Right, just kill right. him off. I want him off. And that, that's what I was saying. When you first said that, it made me clench a little bit. I was like, geez, that's pretty violent, dude. Let me chill out on Johnny. And then I realized like, yeah, that's the only possible solution for this. You have to kill him off because there's no world where you just kind of like, fades into the distance or like Marissa gets a clue or like Johnny gets a new girlfriend starts hanging. It's going to be like pretty relentless with this. We're buying Christmas trees. He's top of her mind at all times and he's not going away. Can you imagine again, I'm always trying to put myself in the shoes and, and can you imagine like you're out with intern Whitney buying a Christmas tree? It's been a bad year, dude. 2020 sucked. And you guys like as a, as a, team as a podcast team are going out and you're buying a Christmas tree. And the first thing she says is I really got to get Chad a tree, dude. <laughs> like who, who's Chad? He's this guy I started working with. He's my best friend. I started working with him two weeks ago. He's already catapulted into being my best friend. I got to get him a Christmas tree. It's so true. And out of context, it's so weird and funny that you bring up the intern because I was watching this while I was in the kitchen uh, with her earlier and actually during the scene thanked her out loud for not putting some other guy 100% ahead of me 100% of the time. <laughs> yeah. Like she could put a guy ahead of you 
37% of the time, 38% of the right. time, give and, or take. And I'd have no problem with it. That's just normal stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, sure. It's a given that, you know, your wife or your girlfriend's going to have a best friend that she's like completely obsessed with and won't stop talking about. But maybe in like the 60, 70% range where she's just putting him in front of you at all times, that's, that's acceptable. But once it starts to get into the, like the 9,500 range, like where it is with Marissa and Johnny, it's just weird. It's just like, at, at that point, it's just, you know, he's got to die. Uh, he's got to die. And um, another thing, so this is off. We're going to rail on Johnny, I'm sure, the whole episode. Uh, whole the way, pod. I'm not going to let you skip past this, but um, I think you might have been about to. We got a new nickname for Marissa. During no, I didn't hear this. Cooper Scooper. <laughs> <laughs> Which, so that, that makes Coops. Yeah. Uh, Cooper Scooper. Is there any other nicknames or should we just start calling her Cooper Scooper? Uh, well, you gave her one, which is the worst. Oh, yeah. MCITW. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I'm comfortable just calling her Scoop from now on. That is really fucking weird. You think she ad-libbed that line? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Probably. Yeah, she's learned from I Adam Brody. It had to be ad-libbed because I can't see like actual pen to paper happening to come up with that. Yeah. The thing I was going to touch on next was I had a lot of thoughts about they they bang this rich versus poor dynamic over our heads. Now that Marissa's at a public school, uh-huh. it is it is beaten over our head. The difference between poor and rich in this show is just in your face at all times. And so when they go over to Johnny's house to give him his Christmas tree that they bought him. <laughs> Because his family can't afford a Christmas tree. The big thing I noticed, though, was the door. The front door opened oh. out. Oh, really? I didn't know. I wasn't clocking that. That's a good nugget. It it got me thinking, dude. I mean, if your front door opens out, you are poor in life. Is that fair? Yes. Unless it's a, like a like a screen door that you open out to get into like a, like an actual nice door that opens in. Yeah, maybe I'm not but totally like, sure. That's what you're to say, to. If, if you're a poor, like Johnny, you probably only have a screen door. Well, he is a poor, that is for sure. The door opens out. I was thinking about like trailer parks. Like if you're in a trailer park, yeah. you're in a trailer, that door opens out. If you're in a lot of shitty, shady, like motels, some of those doors open out, but one with a door opening out that you lose all ability to have like a really emphatic door slam, like in someone's yeah. face when you're in an yeah. argument that Absolutely. goes out the window. Absolutely if, does. If, if you want to kick a door down, like cool, badass move that goes out the window too. There's so many things that are ruined by poor people with doors that open out. <laughs> I never, never would have noticed it. I feel like you just enriched my life right there. Um, in this exact, in the same scene, <laughs> if you wouldn't mind putting a clip here, because there's a really solid piece of acting by uh, Benjamin Buttons McKenzie. Mm. What's going on? Nothing. Um, just, we got a call from the doctor. Something wrong with surgery? Ryan goes, something wrong with the surgery? he doesn't do it like like he's concerned it's like he delivers the line where he's basically half excited 
I mean, dude, dude and I think it was just buttons like had a bad acting job, like a poor delivery with a tone deaf line, but it worked out perfectly because it was like Ryan really wants something to have gone wrong with the surgery. So he's like yeah. excited to ask the question like, Oh sweet. Something's something's wrong with you. Cause I hate you. You know, it, I don't know it, if you picked up on that or if I'm reading into nothing, but I love no, it. I guarantee that it happened that way. I'm going to probably go back and rewatch it to pick up on it. Cause anything where buttons is just fucking up royally. I'm all here for yeah. I'll let you and the listeners determine whether that was Ryan just getting so underneath the layers in terms of his acting or if it was just completely on accident because of his bad acting either way. Well, it's funny when this works like favorably the other way where it's like, you know, I just read this thing when I did the the girl next door where they were talking about Matthew when he's in the strip club and he's going to light the cigar in his mouth. The cigar like fell out of his mouth really awkwardly and it, it they kept it in. It wasn't supposed to be like that, but they kept it in because it helped reinforce like yeah, this guy's a high schooler. He's not smoking cigars at strip clubs. He has no idea what, it, what he's doing. So when it accidentally slipped out of his mouth, that was like a perfect fuck up. And this goes the other way where it's like, uh-huh. he's just so bad at acting that yeah. he stumbled just, into. <laughs> just completely casually, like glibly delivering that line. Like if I had told you that I had surgery or something, and then you called me the next day to like check in on how it went. And I picked up the phone and I was kind of like depressed and dejected. You wouldn't ask me like, oh, did something go wrong with the surgery? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I would like, know. Like, <laughs> you just feel like, oh, hey, man, like something some, went wrong with the surgery, obviously. Some tone of concern into your voice like because yeah. you're a normal human being. I mean, dude, can you blame Buttons? Can you blame nah. him? Nah. Uh, uh, it's like it's dumbfounding to watch like i honestly i was thinking about this when i was watching it i don't know how he's keeping it together the there's this whole thing of like ryan come on man don't get back into your old ways dude like watch (laughs) it chino man and it and 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 my response would be you guys i get it i'm with you i don't want to go back to my old ways i don't want to punch this kid but like take my history out of it for a second look at this in a vacuum I, i i swear to you this guy's trying to fuck my girl he is. He's trying to. I definitely to. made this point before, um, but I always like in my mind, Ryan's like the character in the first two acts of a horror movie, where like something's amiss and nobody else believes him. Yeah, and they're just yeah. like running around, like, "Am I crazy, or is like, is that guy going to kill everybody?" Well, I have the same frustration similarly with Ryan, as if like he's in a movie and there's a. Um, everyone's trying to convince him that he's like mentally insane and he's got to go to a mental hospital because he's crazy. And he's sitting there going, yeah. I'm not crazy. I- I'm not, <laughs> you, you guys are making me go crazy by telling me I'm crazy, but like, I'm not crazy. This guy is trying to fuck my girlfriend. I don't know how no one else sees it. If you what? tell me that you're not crazy is making me think. Yeah. You're crazy. That's what a crazy person would say. A crazy exactly person would say he's not crazy. For sure. Um, but I, I had a I had a smooth transition here. Speaking about poor people and doors that open out, Julie Cooper is now a poor, and she's living in a trailer park. And I gotta say, dude, yeah. my stomach hurt watching that first scene where they showed her in the trailer park based on what she was doing. Should we list them out? Where she's dipping with cowboy boots on? She's 
She's dipping with cowboy boots on. They're doing this whole thing of like, oh, she's poor now. So we got to really like emphasize how she's like, you know, becoming one with the poor lifestyle. She's wearing jorts with a like a trashy thong that you can see underneath coming out of the top of the, the back of the jorts. She wife yep. beater. What is the technical term for wife beater that's appropriate? Um, wife beater. Wife beater. I guess, I guess, I guess if you really, really want to uh, go the PC route and don't want to uh, belittle domestic abuse, you could call it like a, like a white tank top, mm. white knit tank top, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe? That you would definitely never beat your wife in. <laughs> right. <laughs> a white tank top that you have a happy marriage in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's watching NASCAR. Yeah. So it's like, just tone it down. OC. Tone it down. Josh Schwartz. Tone Josh, it down. he was doing way too much here. He just needs to do less. Yeah. There's ways to show that she's like poor <laughs> without like going aggressively into that. Into that. It world. was a weird kind of like tone deaf. I guess just trying to be funny, maybe type thing, but it was like very much out of character for Julie Cooper. Right. Like, I feel like Julie Cooper would be more uh, like a Moira in the hotel from Schitt's Creek. Ooh, love like that she'd, she'd be in the trailer, but she'd be like dressed to the nines and like trying to make it seem like she's not in a trailer. You're right. By the way, have you watched Schitt's Creek? Yeah. I watched most all of them. So you're in. I'm in. Yeah. Big time. I, I think it's a great show. I We got into this whole thing about is Schitt's Creek good with Zerb. And I, I didn't know there was an opposing stance on it i just thought it was one of those shows like parks and rec or the office where just like everyone has universally agreed it's just like a good comedy yeah yeah i didn't know there was an opposing force as well i i figured uh it was good it was like a like an indie canadian tv show that just i guess did they get bought by netflix or something and then got huge yeah because it was they did it on the pop network you know it's there's nothing on that network it was just daniel uh levy but yeah, yeah. they just I, I they mean it's up. all the people that did like best in show and all those really funny movies uh back in the day i guess dan and eugene levy father son dynamic duo can we say uh yeah dude that's a real power father son duo for sure <laughs> way way more powerful uh, than me and my dad and that's most yeah me and my I'm... dad tried to write a sitcom <laughs> together and it wasn't as good like it was like <laughs> it's pretty good but not as funny uh, but yeah. yeah, anytime, uh, what's her name? Catherine O'Hara opens her mouth on that show. It's completely hilarious. They're all hilarious. Like literally she's bats like a thousand every time she opens her mouth. <laughs> I think uh, Alexis, the sister does. And, and I'm obsessed with David. I think David is like one of the funniest characters of all time. He's he's the most like gifable person I've ever seen. <laughs> so many gifts. Um, anyways, well, off we of digress. Creek, we got yeah, another we show to talk about here. Yeah, we 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 love Shit's Creek. Um, the gang, dude, the core four, they decide, okay, we got to get money for Johnny for his surgery so that he can go on the Pac West surf tour. Yep. So they are gonna throw Ryan a like five year belated bar mitzvah to get a bunch of donations to then give to Johnny so he can get the surgery. They need a Chrismica miracle. That's what they're going they, for. They need a Chrismica miracle. 
by the uh, way, based on the fundraiser they do throw, like I'm pretty sure if like if that hits, they could probably get enough money for the surgery. But how about uh, Ryan's initial estimate on how much a like arthroscopic knee surgery would cost? They're like spitballing, and he's just like, no, I don't know, probably like at least a couple grand. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, whoa, like, guy, completely You're way out of pocket, off. paying cash for a knee surgery. Yeah. Uh, little off on that, bud. If insurance, because the whole thing was that in Johnny's insurance wasn't going to cover it. So <laughs> if insurance isn't going to touch an arthroscopic knee surgery, that's going to be a hefty payment. I- she must have real bad insurance. Could you yeah. imagine in 2020 just like letting someone that actually they did have insurance, but it just wasn't premium, just letting them be a cripple for the rest of their life. Yeah, I did. I did clock that, but I don't know nearly enough about like the ins and outs of the insurance world to have to feel like I was making an educated point on that. So they, it'd be like they, if, you, if you broke your leg, like and the insurance company is like, eh, mm, no. so it's not elective. It's not like it's an elective surgery. He needs this. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. if you shred your knee, like you have to get it treated. Right. I don't know. I'm, I'm talking a bit out of school here for a while. <laughs> I'm talking yeah. about school. So uh, yeah. Probably correct me if I'm wrong, but it just seemed a little weird. Yeah, it, it did. And and it then it seemed like they were trying to force like poor people problems onto a situation that like didn't really need it. Well, we already knew it was a little dicey when he like when he got crippled by this car accident. I mean, he got hit <laughs> at like 40 miles per hour and the car flipped his entire body over the car he landed on the ground after getting hit at that at that speed and then somehow it was just a torn acl which as i, I said in the last pod, that bit of the podcast that you and and i did where <laughs> non-contact like, dude that's a non-contact contact injury. injury i think that was the most contact injury i've ever seen yeah i know it's yeah, like, that was good I, I feel like I, I feel like the doctors would have literally just been like trying to super glue all of the different like fragments of his bone in his <laughs> le- that are just floating around in his leg, like back together with that. Yeah. Like that's, that's like, that's the kind of um, injury or that's the kind of accident where you get to do the TV trope of cut to like, did Johnny die? And then cut to next scene. He's literally in one of those hospital beds where they got uh, all the, like the ropes elevating your limbs and you're in a body cast. They could have done that. Yep. And probably put him in a coma too. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. just, just for shits and gigs. Dude, they put him in a coma. He's on the surf tour in like three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. We know he's not only waking up from that coma, but uh, he's definitely surfing pretty quickly after waking up. Uh, so Johnny's too proud, dude. Johnny's like going proud. to, uh, he, he, he's going to other lengths. He's going to other lengths to like figure out what he's going to do. He decides he's going to buy a gun. Now, always a good idea. Always. Marissa, once again, breaks off from like a, a night of, of scheduled hangout with her boyfriend at the diner. She breaks off to follow Johnny, going to do some like some shady dealings, you know, giving money, getting money, doesn't know if he's doing drugs, if he's buying a gun, what's he doing? She's got to follow him. Finally follows him down to the beach where she engages emotionally with him again. <laughs> he fucks the miss signal up the ass and goes for another failed kiss. Once again, yep. this guy is okay. Is he misreading signals or is he not? Because on the one hand I'm going, God damn, 
this guy's clearly missing signals because he keeps trying to go in for a kiss and she keeps like thwarting his efforts. But then on the flip side, I'm going, all of her signals though are that she wants to fuck. No, he's reading the signals correctly. That's why it's so frustrating. She basically is using uh, Ryan or the fact that she has a boyfriend as this weird like armor, essentially, yeah. to be like, <laughs> like, oh, wait, why did you think I was going to kiss you right there? I've got a boyfriend. Like, you know, I've got a boyfriend. And he's like, but yeah, like, but if you didn't have a boyfriend, like it would be so on right now. So right, uh, is that right, 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 right. She's bad. <laughs> She's not having a strong couple episodes. No, Mer- you know, honestly, on this one, and I-, I won't give it just yet, but on my MCITW, I-, I genuinely thought it was too glaringly obvious to give it to Marissa. So I just didn't. Oh, like, it-, it was. Sure. No, that- that's a veteran move by you holding off. It was so egregious. Like she was so bad that like it felt way too easy to just give it to her. And I know I usually give it to her every week, but like this, these two were so egregious that I'm like, all right, I won't give it to her. But like, I should just say that that's not good for her. That's, that's bad. (laughs) It was that bad. Like little stuff where she thinks she's saying like a nice thing to Ryan. When Ryan's like, like, what's the deal with this guy? And she's like, you know, you know me, I just have a thing for like guys oh. that like need a second chance or like are, are going through a hard time. And she gives him like a wink, like, hey, that's you, buddy. And he and like he gives her this look like, yeah, that's like kind of already our thing. Why do you keep trying to have this other thing with like every single guy in the OC? It would be like I'm I'm sitting there and, I, and I'm flirting with a, a, a girl I see who's, you know, five, five, two, one fourth Colombian. And went to grew up in Bloomington, Indiana and <laughs> brunette. And I'm talking to her and Anna's standing. My, my, my wife dude uh-huh. is standing right next to me and she's going, what are you doing? Why are you flirting with this girl? Why are you trying to hook up with her? And I was, and then I just go, Hey, you know me, I've got a thing for five, two <laughs> brunette, one fourth Colombian girls. I mean, yeah, like you chill want out. She's my type. Obviously, I have to like get yeah. her to fall in love with me. So, uh huh. I mean, I right. don't understand what what the big deal is. What is the problem here? I try and fuck anyone who's five two, looks a little Asian, one fourth Colombian, brunette. <laughs> it's science. <laughs> That's Marissa trying to help a kid from the other side of the tracks. I mean, it's and like get, even getting rid of any of the jealousy stuff that like clearly like major red flags here, obviously going to set Ryan off. Just like if she had, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other, some other time suck besides like a second guy in her life. Like if she had some hobby that she was obsessed with or like she was a nanny and the, uh, the job was really demanding or something. Or she had some other job, and she always she had that candy cooked. striper job for a while at the hospital. Yeah, if, okay. Let's say that she was a candy striper at the hospital, and she was on call like a like a nurse would be, and they just kept calling her away at all times, just purely canceling plans. It just get annoying. She like, has at this horrible... point, she's canceled every single plan that was made for her by Ryan or the rest of her crew. She canceled one hundred percent of those plans. She has horrible canceling plans etiquette. Like yeah. she just handles it so horribly. Like if I'm canceling a plan, what I like to do if I'm genuinely trying to like actually hang out is mm-hmm. you'll say like, Hey, some can't, can't make this one, but then like you'll end it with like a, Hey, but next week I'm in yeah. or, or something I'm in. like, 
you just like throw something out there like, hey, rain check next Saturday. <laughs> you know, like just something. Marissa doesn't. Marissa just bails all the time, no excuse, and then no hope for a future hang. She's like, hey, sorry, we're done hanging out forever. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, we're beating her up pretty good. I'm sure something else will come up uh, in, in episode 11, but we'll, we'll lay off for now. So Ryan sees it. He sees the failed kiss attempt on the beach between her and Johnny and then her go to a hug. But dude, this is your favorite type of scene in, in the OC Love when it. Ryan came up at the exact, exact wrong moment. Doesn't hang around for any explanation. Just bounces. Quick. <laughs> I'm going to fuck with this later. Right now, I'm just going to assume the worst and the <laughs> plot will progress from there. Yeah. So Ryan's mad, dude. Ryan's going into his. I, I will say just real quick on that. Yeah. I did appreciate it in this particular episode because, like you said, exactly that thing that I hate happened. But it came back around where they like had a, a brief confrontation about it. Like where, where Ryan's like, So I was at the pier. What happened at the pier? And she's like, Oh, bad timing. And he's like, Was it? <laughs> And then they moved on, but I was like, thank you. At least it, it like got brought up. Like, hey, what are the odds, guys? I don't know. If it's me and I and I stumble into that, <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna immediately go down there and have some some hard-hitting questions right off the top. Like, I don't think anyone would have the discipline to do what Ryan does always when he walks it up on shit like this and just turn back. your back and walk away and backs into the shadows. I'm going to bring it up tomorrow. I'll bring it up I'm gonna tomorrow. Go, I'm going to go brood on this one. Yeah. I'm going to sleep on this one. Um, I'll bring it up tomorrow. No one would do that. So after this, Ryan, he's brooding and we get a little taste of, you know, I say this every time I give Sandy some compliments because I've, we've historically, and by that I mean me, have been so hard on him. But dude, Sandy in these two episodes was full on hero mode. Yeah, crushing. He was crushing ass. And he comes in and he gives this little speech to Ryan who's like acting like a little bitch. The whole thing about a bar mitzvah is it's about becoming a man. Not that you aren't one already, but if there were ever a time for an adult moment... This is it. Whatever's going on, set it aside until after tonight. Really be swallowing my pride? I'm not saying it tastes good, but... Gotta do the right thing. Yeah, feels like I do that a lot. That's because Ryan Atwood, you're a mensch. It was just a kick-ass parenting move right yeah, there. just Sandy being an awesome parent. Love I mean, it. neither you or I have kids, but in that moment, I was like, damn, that's some good future parenting ideas for me. Like, that was cool. Do you think, like, when you're delivering those sweet parent lines, do you think they just come, like, inspiration in the moment and you deliver them? Or are you kind of, like, like brainstorming it all day and then you're like, oh, that's a good nugget. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that one tonight when I'm having my sit down. Um, I think it's like... Or do you just, like, start talking and just let it flow and hopefully it's gold? I think, yeah, that's the, you, you just know it in your head and you get to say it. And like, sometimes these teens are such idiots that they don't realize like, shit, I should just swallow my pride, go to the bar mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, that's true. Also, uh, just a, a quick aside during that scene, you notice that in season three, Ryan gets a TV in his room. Oh yeah. That's yeah. New. 
Usually he's just laying on that bed reading with his socks on. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he usually has his socks and boots on. Are we sure that he ever takes those boots off ever, even when he's laying in bed sleeping? I don't know, but in this scene, he's watching TV and it's kind of refreshing. I It, it, it kind of felt, yeah, I, 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 I definitely clocked it. Same thing. I'm like, whoa, when they, they panned out wide angle of the room, they're like, when did he get a TV in there? What the <laughs> fuck? Uh, another thing I'll say about Ryan, dude, and this is this is not good. Bad hair episodes. I do mm-hmm. not like what's happening with his hair. He had it pretty short. And no style. It's it's kind of like a step above a buzz. It's like he got a five buzz and then they just like used a bunch of hair gel and like tried to part it, but it's way too short to do anything with it. So it's just like a weird like five buzz part. It's weak as shit. That's tough. That's tough. It's tough. It's tough. I hated seeing it because we saw, dude, Ryan season two flow. Remember, yeah. he started out. He was on the construction site. He had a nice little flow going, little five o'clock shadow because he was a, a a grizzled sixteen year old on the construction site. Grizzled <laughs> shadow. Um, An actual sixteen on a like you would just nobody would let you touch anything. No. Like okay, you can hold the tools, I guess. Ryan had been doing it for years, dude. Lunch pail liability. Okay, back to the plot. Johnny, he leaves the bar mitzvah. This is how we end episode 10. He leaves the bar mitzvah, and we don't know why. We're like, what the fuck is he doing? Turns out what he's doing is he's going to go rob a mini mart. Once again, you know, we were talking about how expensive these surgeries are and and then i felt the same way when i was watching him rob this try and rob this mini mart like how much money are you going to get from this guy like 500 dollars tops on robbing a mini mart guy's uh, selling like dusty bags of doritos i actually have that written down in my notes exact same call out like you'd have to rob at least <laughs> at least a thousand convenience stores to even come close to covering that surgery surgery with insurance, like to just cover the out of pocket portion after the insurance covers 80% of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's a thousand mini marts. So wild, wild, horrible plan by Johnny, but here a move by Ryan. He Johnny's about to like, dude, he's in this mini mart. He's about to rob the guy. He's eyeing the the guy behind the counter down. The guy behind the counter is eyeing him down. It's clear like something's about to fucking it's on right now. And then Ryan walks in like, boom, right at that moment. And it and he's like, hey, Johnny, what's up, man? That scene. Um, I mean, Ryan at this point is just going like he's bending over backwards to help out this guy that he has no motivation to help out. Just yeah. total hero mode. These past few episodes for Ryan, the the scene right before Ryan busts in the door when Johnny's thinking about robbing the place is hilarious. It's basically yeah. like a wild, wild west scene. If you notice, the the guy at the cash register, he senses something's wrong. Like this, yeah. like this seventeen year old handsome kid walks in in a full suit, no mask or anything, and he's just lingering by the Doritos a little too long, and like the owner of the store is giving him like the hairy eyeball like what's this guy up to that hairy eyeball turns into the owner of the convenience store starts hovering his hand around a revolver like he just has on the desk 
Like he is about two seconds away from picking up this gun that he just keeps on the counter by his cash register and fucking murdering the guy in the convenience store because he's like lingering it too a little too long. Yeah. Insane. It was like, yeah, it was a wild, wild west scene. It was like it almost turned into a quick draw. Yeah. So thank God Ryan showed up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. He, it went he, on for about 30 seconds of like, oh, is he going to rob it? Is he going to not? Is the convenience store guy going to shoot him in cold blood? Like, what's going on? <laughs> it went on for 30 seconds. I could have watched 10 minutes of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was wild. And then even even after it ended, like when Ryan had showed up and stopped him and saved the day, two cops walked into the mini mart and it was like, wow. That would have gone horribly for Johnny. Not only would he have been murdered by the guy behind the counter, yeah. but he would have been arrested after he was murdered by the cops who walked in. Yeah, probably lucky day for the cops, too, because they would have gotten gunned down in the bloodbath. Yeah, I mean, those guys were quick draw ready to go. <laughs> so this episode ends where Ryan saves the day. They go back. They go back to the bar mitzvah. Johnny's going to accept all the money for the surgery. He's going to accept all the bar mitzvah donations to Ryan for the surgery and everything's great. And it ends. I'm going to queue up a little song here because at this bar mitzvah, there's a little dancing that starts to queue up at the end. And dude, I'm not... I don't really love this song. The reason I'm playing this is not to say how much I love the song. The reason I'm playing this is to set up this week's M-C-I-T-W. This might be the first time I've ever done an M-C-I-T-W with a little song playing in the background. And that is the Marissa Cooper is the worst of the week and it is brought to you by fine sponsors Wicklowware W-I-C-K-L-O-W-Ware be for an explorer get all your outdoor gear at Wicklowware.com tap the promo code V-L at checkout perfect time for the holidays get in there slide in Wicklowware.com V-L 10% off everything $40 on the fucking hooded sweatshirts $30 on the baseball tees and $20 on the tanks $15 on the new t-shirts slide in their kits dude I gotta say it was this final dance scene is the MCITW. Again, it was too obvious to give it to Marissa. The dance scene made my stomach hurt so bad. Circle dance? Circle. Where do you stand on like group dancing? Uh, I stand on the other side of the room. I'm not talking about a group of people dancing like in a room. I'm talking about no, I love that, that group I of... I love that. I love a line dance. I'm I'm right on the same page with you. Two like what is should be like a couple slow dance, like all of a sudden becomes like maybe three people dancing together with their arms around each other. Right. And it's usually like it's always there's always a little bit of um, sadness to it. Like yeah, because it's person. like it's a single person who's getting yeah. in with a couple who they dance yeah. with, and it's like, hey, come on in. No, you come in. Come on. And there's always at least I would say. There's always at least one person in that circle that wants it to be over so bad. And then the other two are like totally into it. Well, it's because the people who are like totally into it just, yeah, like you said, they feel so bad. And then the the other person's just pathetic, feeling pathetic. But then it just turns into a full on like 20 people join arms and are just like swaying with each other to that song. And I was just like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, I tell you what, dude. If I'm if I'm mixing it up on the dance floor, who I really 
like appreciate and who I think is really out there crushing. It's the guy who can stand by himself, dude. The guy who can just go into a corner and just crush completely alone. Doesn't give a fuck what anyone else is doing around him. That guy to me is the hero of that situation. There now I'm thinking about this. There should be a, a way to slow dance by yourself, you know, mm-hmm. like like a like a not a like not in a, a cool sad way, way. like yeah. a not a desperate sad way. So like the slow song plays. Obviously, if you're on a date with someone or like you catch someone, you're like, oh, let's dance together. Like then that's awesome. That's the best time at a dance. However, if you're not with someone. When that slow song comes on, you immediately got to make an exit from the dance floor, which kind of sucks, especially if you're in the dancing mood. Right. Um, some kind of a dance move that you just kind of do. I don't know if it's like you hug yourself and like sway, <laughs> but like in a cool, non-desperate way. Yeah. And then like everybody who's doing that on the dance floor is like kind of identified as maybe single, or maybe they like start swaying like closer to each other, and then it's like, hey, do you want to da- you want to make this like a like a couple yeah. dance type yeah. transition into that? I don't know. I feel like that could be a game changer. Yeah. I wish there was a way to work it out because I do. I think we're due as a society and figuring out a way for single people to slow dance and not look, you know, really pathetic on the dance floor. Like, how do we do it? What, you know, Hey kids, you know, we need a little assistance on this from the kids. Kids, why don't you send an email in vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com. Let us know maybe some ideas on how to properly slow dance without looking like a creepy, pathetic piece of shit who can't get any pussy. Mm-hmm. Let us mm-hmm. know, kids. And we will talk Thank about you. it on the next podcast. Okay, let's transition into episode 11. This episode is just essentially titled a free Marissa episode. Mm-hmm. This is all about somehow <laughs> a little creative writing here. Um, Schwartz has decided that Marissa, it's time for her to get back into Harbor. <laughs> Been too long. Been too long with the poor kids at the public school. And even though there's only a semester left to senior year, they want to get her back into Harbor. So they start doing this like free Marissa thing where Ryan, Seth, Summer, and Sandy and everyone, they need to, they have a big board meeting with the school coming up on Thursday night. And so the whole plan is, hey, students cannot speak at this board meeting. More to come on that at the end. Students cannot speak at this board meeting, only parents and board members. So they have to gather up enough support from the student body, parents, et cetera, to like start uh, a, a movement to get Marissa back into school. Is that correct? Correct. Petition is signed. Sandy's in the mix. Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole deal. Sandy gets in the mix with with this clip. You have a shot, but it's a long one. Okay. We need a parent advocate to address the board, would you? A good cause, poor odds, a chance to ruffle some noopsy feathers. How could I say no? <laughs> and that's just classic Sandy. I mean, that's why we love him. Sandy loves like fighting the fight that is like a foreseeable loss. Like what do we think Sandy's record is? <laughs> because you know, like they always show like boxers, like Floyd Mayweather 50 and O or whatever. And, it, and a lot of it is because he won't schedule a fight with someone who's like a real opponent. And he, he has a lot of easy wins. 
I wonder if Sandy's like the complete opposite of that. Like Sandy is like 15 and and 47 in court cases because he's just always taking cases that he has no shot to win. <laughs> he's a fighter, dude. Come on. I know he's a fighter. I I just I got to get a little Sandy. It, a little, yeah, it definitely. Just a the, jab the, the show has come around to where it's just one of those self aware moments where they're like, all right, we got a board meeting. We're gonna be bringing our case against the board, and this guy who's basically the head of the board, he's a judge. Like only a parent can speak at this thing to represent the student. And who are we gonna get? Someone. Yeah, I'm not think I might know someone. It's like every all the fans are like the Sandman. The Sandman's gonna do it. Let's go, Sandy. <laughs> there's only one guy who can do it it's sandman <laughs> sandy dude i i yeah i give him a lot of shit but it is kind of cool to just have a parent who's always on your side like that would have been nice having like growing up <laughs> like oh dude we'll yeah. go to mr johnson mr johnson's always got our back <laughs> yeah i mean he's the first guy to give you tough love and he is the first guy to go to bat for you that's why we love and you Hey, Sandy. So, but you have his T-shirt, so it's all it's all love. He is the definition of you. We love him and we hate him. (laughs) He is he is the poster child of that. So the problem, dude, is that this Thursday night board meeting it kind of conflicts in a big way with Johnny's announcement party of being back on the Pac West tour. Yikes. Marissa's got a real <laughs> not gonna work for a schedule. Hmm. Do I go to the event that literally the entire school signed a petition for? All my friends put a ton of time and work into basically a whole board meeting I called to like let me back into school. That's on one side. Wait it, side. Wait it out. I got an awkward invitation um from my side boyfriend to go to like his surfing announcement wait out party wait out it's tough it is tough yeah it's tough you gotta weigh those things out dude it would Um, would, it's so weird like it would just like the the scale is so unbalanced it's big of you for not giving her the uh the award this week it was so egregious it would be like skipping your wedding to go to someone's graduation party exactly it's 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 taking a shit on everyone who's been close with you for your whole life. Summer's been her best friend forever. Ryan's been like in and out as, as her boyfriend for the past three years. Seth and Sandy and the Coens have been her neighbors her whole life. So all these people that have been connected to you forever and you're going to, and they're doing, they're, they're doing everything in their power to get you back into school after you tried to fucking murder a guy. And you're literally going to not show up after they do all that effort and just sit there as you watch this crew that, that you grew up with trying to save you. You're going to not even show up because you want to go to your new fake boyfriend's fucking pack West tour party. The fuck the fuck. It doesn't make any sense. It, it only makes sense through the lens of Marissa being the worst human on earth. It exactly. Makes sense if you if you're totally se- like she makes it seem like she's selfless, like oh I care about Johnny, but it's it's quite the opposite. She's selfish. She needs that second boyfriend. She needs that second source of someone being completely obsessed with her. 
Look, Marissa has the lowest self-esteem I've ever seen. She also has the lowest amount of self-awareness I've ever seen. Hands down. I've never seen anyone with less self-awareness than Marissa Cooper in my life or on TV. Question. Now, would you say she has less self-esteem or less self-awareness? God damn. I asked the tough questions. I know. You know... I feel like the self-awareness thing is, is almost it's God. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to spend probably all night staying up thinking about that. Yeah. That's not good. You know, what do you I'm think? What do you think? I'm going to have to punt on that one. You don't know. I'm going to punt on it. I'm trying to think, does one lead to the other? Like does low self-esteem lead to, low self-awareness no they're completely uncorrelated because some of the people that have like the highest opinions on themselves are 100 self-aware and that's what makes them obnoxious fuck it's tough it's tough so, I, my head, okay. i'm gonna say she's got lower self-awareness i was gonna do the same thing like all people deal with it everybody deals with this normal but she more than anybody else i've ever seen is completely self-unaware so i'm gonna get rid of that uh, it's a podcast. We can't sit here and just punt. We, you know, we got to take, we got to have a hot fire take. We got to actually take a stance. And I agree. I, I think it's the self-awareness. It's, it's so, so low. I, and, and I'm with you. Everyone, everyone deals with self-esteem issues, but, but her level of self-awareness with co- constantly with dudes and like going against like her as a girlfriend with Ryan and everything. I mean, think about it, dude. You have all the Oliver shit from season one. You have all the Luke shit from season one. You have all the DJ stuff from season two. You have all the Trey stuff in season two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because remember, he was always trying to like do coke. Yeah, he's always trying to do coke with her and stuff. So you have all that stuff in season two. And then now you get the Johnny Harper stuff. And then you're going to get the Volchek stuff in season three. She's always got these like side dudes. And then she has no self-awareness of what that does to her boyfriend, Ryan. She's mean. Full credit to us uh, for digging in on that one and coming out with takes. Yeah. yeah. Big time kudos to us. We did it. Okay. Back to the back to the plot. Dude, clip time from Chile about the uh, unfortunate news for J-Bone. PacWest doctors refused to sign off on his knee. He said it's too soon to tell whether or not he'll be back 100%. They're not going to let him tour. I've never seen him like this. Not even after the accident. Well, we got to find him. Tell him what? Everything's going to be okay? The guy's future's trashed. He's pretty much lost everything. I don't know if you'll be able to make it back from this. He's all, he's out. He's out. Sucks, dude. I got to say, dude, I feel like a little mini shot here given to Chili, and he did not deliver. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't take advantage of any of the shots, specifically this one. He's, he is the definition of Kroger brand. Seth Cohen. Just doesn't have it. He doesn't have it. Um, but yeah, sad news for Johnny. Guy can't catch a break. It's tough. I mean, it's tough. I, I do feel bad for him. Also, to get your hopes up like that and then have him to be crushed again. Yeah. Jeez. 
it's kind of like 2020 for all of us. Uh-huh. <laughs> like you're this, you, you get your hopes up. Something's good's about to happen. And then you get crashed back down to reality. Like, hey, fuck you, idiot, for thinking something good was going to happen. It's like us as Bengals fans. Like, oh, sweet. We got Joe Burrow. And he's actually unreal. This is awesome. Here uh, we go. Yeah, dude. And devastating the injury. And tears his ACL, MCL, and PCL all in one play. Fuck all of us. Fitting, actually. Fitting, fitting metaphor. So eventually he's got to lie to marissa he's like i'm gonna lie to marissa she's right now about to throw away her whole fucking life for me like she's not gonna go to her big board meeting and and she's gonna stay in this public school and throw her future away at a public school (laughs) um all because of me the side piece dude that she doesn't want to hook up with again doesn't make any sense so johnny lies to her essentially strong move by johnny I, I, I agree. Was tempted, tempted, let me underline that, to give him the MVP for that move. But then I had second thoughts. I was like, I don't know, I can give him the MVP to Johnny. No, fuck okay. no. But no. I really appreciated that move. And he stuck with it. Like, sure, he did show up at the school. Like, he was maybe going to, like, have second thoughts about it. But he didn't. So, cool move by him. Yeah, just because. Selfless act from a seemingly villainous character. Right. I mean, just because you are a, a a piece of shit who who does one redeeming thing, that doesn't mean you're going to get MVPs just because you do one redeeming thing. I mean, right. fuck, if that was the case, then Julie Cooper would win MVP every single week on this podcast. So let's go to that final board meeting, dude, because talk about fireworks. Judge Mercer, this is the guy we've been talking about, Judge Mercer. Explain the situation going on with Judge Mercer and Sandy Cohen going into this board meeting. There's a little bit of beef. (laughs) There's a little bit of history. Um, I guess back in the day, this particular judge held Sandy in contempt of court for one of his closing arguments. Um, And Sandy, I don't know if he... If he spent time, anyways, this judge wanted him debarred at some point. So they have a, a bit of a history. And uh, Sandy said he's a real hanging judge, which is <laughs> lawyer speak for a, a real hard ass. <laughs> a real dick bag. But anyways, uh, they have this beef. You later find out that this judge has a, a son who was kicked out of school, kicked out of the military and has like a drug and alcohol problem. And the judge hasn't talked to the son forever. And what, like, I guess, set him off in this argument that made him get pissed off and uh, sparked the beef between him and Sandy is that Sandy was defending a client that was very similar to this guy's son. And I guess he hit on some, like, hot nerve topics. Yeah. Yeah. I think Sandy was was uh, defending some kid who was right. just, like, addicted to drugs and he had gotten right. kicked out of school or something. Right. And it, it reminded the judge, yeah, of his son who got kicked so out of the military. It, it sets up the scenario that we're going into basically a, a trial for Marissa to get her back in school. So it's not really a board meeting with a bunch of, like, soft parents who might feel bad for her and we just kind of, like, check a couple of boxes and we get her back into school. And it's kind of more official than that with a real hard-ass judge who also has a personal vendetta against the Sandman. Right. We're counting on, as we talked about earlier, to be our hero here and pull us through Sandy style. Sandy style. Now, in this board meeting, before Sandy even comes in, so that good recap, we now know all this baggage. So we know going in, like this judge, he does not want to f- hashtag free Marissa at yeah. all. 
He wants Marissa very much unfraid hashtag. Right. So all these things are happening in this board meeting. I mean, Taylor Townsend's getting involved. Ryan's like, first off, again, this is back to what I was saying at the beginning of this podcast. I thought students could not talk in this board meeting. (laughs) They gave some loose. Yeah, they, they gave some loose bullshit. Like Summer was like, oh, yeah, they can't talk in this board meeting. But there's nothing that says students can't talk to each other in this board meeting and people just listen. <laughs> it's like such a week. Like, no, no, bitch. Use common sense. That doesn't count either, Summer. But everyone just backs down like, oh, that's true. We did not. We did not specifically outline that in the bylaws of the like, like how this board meeting goes down. OK, you guys can talk to each other and interrupt all of us. So Ryan's getting involved. He's going in showing him precedents like, hey, 1996 case, Judge Mercer. What's up? There's a guy. It wasn't a gun. It was actually a knife, dude. And he actually got reinstated for his second semester at Harbor. So that's precedent. It was very reminiscent of when Ryan showed mild interest in like being an architect. <laughs> and now you're like, I guess Ryan's going to be an architect. It was like this when Ryan's like into the case and like you can tell it's like, should Ryan now be a lawyer? Yeah. <laughs> should he follow Sandy's footsteps? Yeah. This guy's got a knack for it. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan's showing us a little something with his career aspirations here. Um, a little something, something. Uh, but yeah, it, yeah. Taylor's in the mix. I don't know if we we're going to touch on Taylor and her situation with her mom at all. Nah. I will say, and I'll just leave it here. I like Taylor's mom's outfit. Uh yeah, milf, a mean milf, <laughs> mean mean milf. Yeah, she is really mean. She is the definition of resting bitch face. Like right. hard. We won't get into it here now, but it kind of sets the scene for like Taylor being somewhat of a redeemable character once you find out like she's got such an evil mom. You start to get a little nugget of empathy for her. I I God do I I waffle back and forth on Taylor like I always have my whole life, dude. Like I, she is so attractive. Like if, if you never hear her open her mouth and see her personality on this show, she is like a 10 out of 10 hands down, just her character in this show and, and her, like everything about her personality, it just sucks. So like, I, I constantly go back and forth, like, God, am I like super sexually attracted to her or am I not? And it's, <laughs> Dude, it's cool. She's yeah, like dude, 27. That's a, that's a, that's She's like suck. 27. But it just, it blows. It, it, I, I just, I go back and forth. And yeah, all of the drama with her mom and everything. It's like, I, I feel bad. I feel bad we, for We do. Her. We find out in this episode that Taylor's mom is the reason that Marissa got expelled in the first place. She started like a petition with all the parents to like, we don't want someone like this in our school. Let's kick her out. So uh, she's a hardcore jerk. <laughs> um, before we, I know we got the kids on a, like a cliffhanger here with how this thing shakes out, but, but just a little bit more of side plots and side characters. Yeah, um, keep building Summer's it, dude. Dad, Summer's dad gets in the mix. Yeah, Neil this, Roberts. This might be like we've seen him in a couple other episodes. There's like an awkward dinner with Seth, and just like here and now, we see him um, like a very big, broad-shouldered, handsome man. Uh, good presence about him. I feel like. Just a little, a little too little, a little too late. Yeah. I mean, this guy as a character, it's kind of a missed opportunity, though. Yeah. Too little too late. We never met 
Summer's parents until season midway through season three of the series. It's crazy. Right. We never met him. Right. We just don't see him at all. And all of a sudden the guy pops up. He seems to be a great actor, but I was just thinking in my head, like how great of a storyline would it be to have Seth slowly win that guy over? Yeah. Obviously he hates Seth. Yeah. And, uh, there's like other drama with like, a, like an obviously a better choice for your daughter's boyfriend than Seth that comes down the line. And, uh, no, that was before. That was that Zach, was season two. Oh yeah, Zach. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because um, obviously Seth's got a heart of gold, and he's very charming. He's just super nervous around his dad. Out of love, the long play storyline of him winning that guy over. Yeah, I, I do. You're right. It's a good point. I think it is like just a hair too late on on bringing you know and talk about like taking that a step further. If you feel that way about bringing in a parent this late into the game in season three. Imagine how you feel when they bring Ryan Atwood's dad, Hercules, in in season four. <laughs> Wolf. It is it is way too late in the game to to start incorporating a parent. But yeah, so you're right. He starts getting involved. The kids are getting involved at this board meeting. Taylor Townsend's getting involved. Her mom. Uh, he's got a little bit of a flirt, by the way, with Julie Taylor going on. Julie Cooper. Julie Cooper. He's got a little bit of a flirt going on with her for sure, which is a weird thing when you think about it. Let's not get into it, but it is kind of weird thinking about it. it So, dude, this whole thing, though, I'm just we built it up for so long because we wanted to make sure that the kids were on the edge of their seat when the fucking Sandman comes in at the end to deliver the fucking hammer time. You don't have to reinstate, but you might want to. Oh, enlighten me, Mr. Cohen. Why would I want to do that? Because sometimes a good kid goes through a rough time. And we might think by closing a door to her or to him, we're teaching a lesson. And when that child needs us the most, we're not there for them. There isn't a person in this room that thinks Marissa Cooper is a threat to anyone or that she wasn't a model student. Or that she wouldn't continue to be. So what are we doing here? Instead of proving a point, let's right or wrong. It's so rare in life that anyone gets a second chance. Just a fucking emotional hammer right down your fucking throat, Judge Mercer, bitch. He used a tactic of like, all right, I don't want to embarrass this guy. I know I got this this juice on him. I know I got this blackmail juice about his son who did the drugs and got kicked out of the military. I got it, but I don't want to embarrass him in front of everyone. So what I'm going to do is a fucking emotional hammer time stare down while I'm talking to, to everyone in the room. I'm also giving a look to Judge Mercer that just essentially says, hey, bud. I know. I fucking know. It was awesome. It was classic, Sandy. Classic. It, the stare down, dude. I. It was so wild. While that clip we just played, all that stuff he was saying, he was just staring down Judge Mercer, and all of us knew, like, dude, Judge Mercer hears what he's really saying. Right. And, I mean, he's walking a razor's edge there, too. Risky play. Risky play oh, yeah. to use that, because, like, that could have easily gone the other way where that... Um, dickhead judge just gets mad that he's even 
bringing it up or whatever. It's just obviously a sensitive issue. Could have gone the other way. Yeah, totally. This is probably why Sandy's court record is like 15 and 47, (laughs) because sometimes these uh, these wild moves, they work brilliantly like they did in the case of Judge Mercer. But I feel like there's probably a lot of times where the judge is just super pissed off that you brought their own personal life situation into a, a case and fuck you. This is where this is where Seth got it from. Like, you know, we always laugh about how Seth does the like throwing Sandy stuff back into his face. Like, listen, hey, dad, dad, is this dad, about me hold not on, cleaning dad. up my room or is this about yeah. you and how your life is messed? And then it like always works on Sandy. It's probably like he's like, oh, chip off the old block. That's what I do to the judges. I throw their own <laughs> shit into their face. <laughs> yeah. Hey, San, uh, or he goes like, Judge Mercer, is this about Marissa shooting a guy and not being allowed back into her sem- second semester at Harbor? Or is this really about the fact that you have a kid who's addicted to drugs and his entire life is fucked up and he's now like living in a halfway house sucking dick for coke and no one knows where he is and you haven't seen him in like 10 years? Is it really about that, Judge Mercer? What do we think? What are we thinking? <laughs> like, so anyways, episode ends. Sandy saves the day. Marissa gets back into Harbor. God damn. Apparently you can just do anything. Ryan punched out the Dean. He got back into school. Marissa tried to kill a guy. She got back into school. As long as you got Sandy in your corner, dude. Yeah. He makes magic happen. So MVP of these two episodes. Final MVP of 2020. So you don't want to fuck this. You just got me nervous, dude. (laughs) I'm going to use this MVP for this particular episode. It's more of an episode 11 uh, MVP, but I'm going to use it as an episode to highlight a particular character that we did not give much shine to during our conversation, but he had a big time impact on the decision of that court case. Hold on. Let me guess. He had a big time impact in the court case. Yep. And when I say court case, I'm talking about the uh, parent teacher conference that (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh a fucking um sandy's right hand man yeah matt ramsey matt ramsey (laughs) yes he's the one who dug it all up yeah matt ramsey like completely over the top businessman like doing stuff that like you know it's one of those things where it's like you know you might not be successful in life because you're just not that creative with your ideas like you know <laughs> when you go to work you mostly think of like okay i'm like i'm gonna show up make sure i take notes at my meetings make sure like i don't mess up any of the deals make sure you know we buy this property we buy that property we sell for the right price matt ramsey is obviously doing all those things but he is in over the top guy to the point where he has hired a private detective <laughs> For the company to go dig up dirt on the deals they're doing. And he also has in his mind to get some more dirt on this particular judge that is proceeding over the uh, the parent-teacher conference. I keep yep. calling it that, but it's more of a hearing. Um, yep. Anyways, Matt Ramsey is responsible for getting that dirt about the judge's son that allows Sandy to do the hanging it over his head, but not really type thing that wins the case. And a uh, total crush job. By our guy, Matt Ramsey, who, you know, he's a little bit uh, of a wayward character at times. But Hit or miss. <laughs> we, we can always count on him to do the most. 
It did. I will say he he did go above and beyond. I mean, goddamn, I have never, ever, and nor will I ever, ever. I can't stress that enough. I will never go that above and beyond at work ever. It's never gonna happen. I, I'm 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 I am. My goal in life at work is. I never want to get a really bad failing grade. We we have these end of year, like where we do like performance reviews at the end of Just each year. And so we, we call it like below expectations. I never want to get a below expectations, but I also never want to get like an exceeds expectations ever. I just want to get <laughs> every year. I want to get a meets expectations, get my 3%, um, merit increase whatever we you call it um yeah i just want to get my normal three percent bump into the following year i'm good i don't need to be a hero i don't need to be a hero and go out and get like five percent or six percent yeah you just want to keep it with the rate of inflation you know yeah that's all i want i just want to keep my salary going up with the rate of inflation so i will never do what matt ramsey did but that's why i'm never going to win mvps and matt ramsey is right Dude, I, I, that came out also, of nowhere. Also, that guy, I mean, Matt Ramsey, very handsome guy, would look great in a pair of Japanese denim traveler jeans. He would. He so, would. I will, I'd be remiss if I didn't say <laughs> that uh, that particular MVP was brought to you by the entire industry of Japanese denim. Thank you for saying that, because it is. Um, Japanese made, podcast approved. I was a little surprised you didn't give it to Sandy, though, because goddamn, did he bring the wood? I mean, obviously I wanted to, but I think I gave it to him last time I was on for his sweet blackmailing skills. So it's not oh, a little yeah. bit. <laughs> a little much. God, Sandy really does know his way around a blackmail. That is for sure. Dude, Sand, I will they make a great team. Sandman and Matt Ramsey here to stay. I think we're gonna have some storylines involving Matt Ramsey as we move forward. So Honestly, I think it's good that you brought him up because I don't even know if he's been mentioned yet on this podcast. So <laughs> it's good that the kids get he a little exists. taste. He's a behind the scenes guy. Yeah. All right, dude. Good chat. Good uh, Good last podcast of 2020. Ended on the OC. We'll, we'll take a couple weeks off here. We'll get refreshed, dude. We just got to head yeah. into 2021 with just a... We hit the reset button. We really refresh ourselves. We get back to even and... Get ready to crush that teen drama come yeah. jam you, 21. You are editing together like a, like a greatest hits type, uh, like a compilation episode, right? Yeah, that's Three, that's in the works. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely in the works. I'm going to go through and listen to all the podcasts, listen to all the funniest stuff, and just make like a whole compilation of the funniest. Excellent. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Kids, it's time for you to get ready for bed, just like Pat. The podcasters sitting here in this virtual podcast studio is ready to get for bed. So kids will tell you, just like Pat, you have a really good night's sleep. You tuck in. And as you're tucking in, Pat, what we tell those kids? Clear eyes. Full hearts. Do less, kids. Do it less. You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You know you found us when you find a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.